Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Master Daniel Piscina. Get over here to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, I'm big into uh, no-death runs, high-score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. So the, the craziest thing before we even start going into details in Vice Project is how neither of us played this game as a kid when it was literally on the cover of Nintendo Power that I think we both had. Yeah, that was my my first one, and your few after first. Yeah, and I mean, this definitely goes into, we probably didn't play because the box art is literally Mel Gibson on the front. Yeah, I was showing it to Judy, I was like, isn't this hilarious? So 80s, like action movie, (laughs) B-action movie. It's definitely like a diehard fucking thing. It's definitely got the Mel Gibson look, though. I thought that, too. I was like, <laughs> it's a lethal weapon, you know? I look at that cover, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't want to play that game. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just it. But then, as soon as you freaking start playing it, it's amazing. So, like, fuck. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, how did we miss this? so long and and it's like one of the this is another game that nobody talks about but in the last year or so it's coming more and more to the limelight there's certain people that are talking about it which is great it's one of the last hidden gems with kabuki which we've done but it's Mm -hmm. one of the last hidden gems of the nas basically yeah yeah for sure so let's lay the uh the carpet time to lay it down Lay the carpet down, the fuzzy carpet patch of doom and vices and projects of gun index. Because <laughs> here we come. <laughs> so, Vice Project Doom. Released in 91 in both Japan and the U.S. Um, published by Sammy. Sammy. <laughs> yeah, associated with Sega, which is a crazy co- corporation. It was developed by ICOM or AICOM. 
Um, AICOM has done a lot of awesome games, though. The Legendary Axe on Turbo Graphics. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. A Steinax! It's good old NES classics. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The Moffat Conspiracy, Gogo 13 game. Cool. Um, Saint Dragon on the TurboGrafx 16. Ooh, that's a cool shoot 'em up. Oh, oh, Very cool. Really Very obscure. Oh. Like, oh. super obscure. Oh. <laughs> Gotta do it. Totally rad on the NES. Okay. Some, some people really like that game. We, I never really gave it a chance, so we'll have to check it out. Game Boy, they released Blaster Master Boy. Blaster Master Boy. It's a completely different game than Blaster Master. Did you see any shots of it? See if it's another shitty, like, avoidable Blaster Master piece? Blaster Master Boy called Blaster Master Jr. Uh, looks like it's more on the top-down aspects. So it's more of a maze-like Zelda-style game. which It, it looks cool. Um, I don't see any spot where Blaster Master Boy shows Sophia the Third, though. So they just found a game and were like, you know what? This is Blaster Master Boy. Let's let's slip the uh, Blaster Master fucking <laughs> character icon on it. And then after that, they moved over to the Neo Geo. They did Viewpoint. Ooh, nice. They did Polestar. Nice. Yeah. They um they did some other games in between here too. I'm just going over the Neo. A lot of nice shoot 'em ups. They did Blazing Star. Jeez. They changed their name to Yuma Kobo after that, though. But they, and then they did a bunch of Neo Geo Pocket Color games and Prehistoric Isle 2. Oh my god, shoot em up massacre. They're the masters. Dude, it's fucking awesome. I love Prehistoric Isle 2. Beautiful game. All those are great. Darted at it was the fucking amazingness that is Vice Project Doom. They also did a game called AB Cop, which is kind of like a third person uh, hovering bike game, driving game. It's really awesome. Um, they did Racing Hero for the arcade. They also did Amagon. Amagon, you got the gun. Mm-hmm. You can tell like like Amagon all the way. There's a there's a family game before that too. The Ch- Chugoku Senjutsu, whatever the fuck that is. It's a weird ass miscellaneous like little family game. Might be worth checking out. It, it's a lot of text, and there's like a little. Japanese guy on it, and it's not really an action game. But Amagam and Hoops. Hoops, nice. Hoops, hoops, hoops. Hoops. And they, hoops. Uh, they, they did a bunch of basketball games, though, too. So, okay. I mean, they have a lot of freaking games that they've released. Um, Vice Project Doom, though, I would say it was their last NES game, actually. Not the one they cut their teeth on. It was their final NES game. And that's developed, too, right? Mm-hmm. Developed by ICOM. And then Sammy published. Mm-hmm. Sammy was the publisher. Okay. Yeah, so Vice Project Doom, though, it's a multi or multi genre game. Yes. Oh, yeah. 90% of the game is platforming. But if you just pop this game on and start it up and only want to play it for a couple minutes, you're going to think this game's a racing game. Yeah. Like Spy Hunter. And that's why I think, um, not to get off track, but Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Uh, in the Japanese version, the river level is actually the first level, but they changed <laughs> that in the NES version because if you start that game up, you're going to think that's what that game is. Yeah, and that's the interesting aspect is you have your driving segments like Spy Hunter. Yeah. You have your side-scrolling platformers like Ninja Gaiden, mm-hmm. like almost identical to Ninja Gaiden. Beautiful. Just a little more fair, I would say. Yeah, not as punishing. 
No, definitely not. <laughs> and and like near the end, they don't start you back seventeen fucking levels. And not as long, yeah. And then you have gun shooting levels like the Punisher, Operation Wolf. Super short and very forgiving though, and it's fun. It's not hard at all. And I have some great strategies for anyone. Hell yeah, because we're gonna go level by fucking level, and you know it. My main thing is I just wished that there was a little bit more variety because it's literally you get to play each of the driving and shooting things twice. It's at the beginning and the very end, yeah. Yeah, and there's like 11 or 12 levels with sub-levels. I think there's 11 levels total with two sub... Like, each one has two sub-levels and a boss battle. And even the freaking second Spy Hunter one has a badass boss fight. Yeah, the centipede... (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, so cool. super cool, man. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, this game is, like, outstanding. This is a solid freaking game on the NES li- library. Like, it should be up there in top games lists for some people. Just a lot of games at this time, just no one knew because the SNES, you know, had just eclipsed everything. Well, this is this was released in November of 91. I mean, that's the same exact time that the SNES was released. It's automatically, like, relegated to the cobweb corner of Walmart or whatever the fuck store Kmart. Yeah. And it had freaking cover status on Nintendo Power. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's interesting how the marketing, you don't put, like, a ninja on there or, <laughs> you know, like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking guy or... It's just some weirdo with some freaking feathered hair on the front cover. Like, I think that's... That's a big part of it. Well, like, it conformed to the cool standards of the time. So right now, if a game that we would have loved to have bought back in the day was released for the Xbox or PlayStation, it wouldn't necessarily be picked up by current gamers. The Call of Duty, the, um, you know, Battlefield um, people that, the gamers that play that stuff that certain market right there wouldn't necessarily go into the classic stuff that we want. However, throw that on the freaking Nintendo Switch that all the retro collectors are also buying, it's going to sell like hotcakes. It's all knowing your market. Yeah, it'll change the dynamic immediately. Exactly. And that's the crazy thing. We've done episodes on VGBS fooled by the box art. This is fooled by the box art. We were fooled that this was a shitty game by the box art. Yeah, this was like the opposite of, you know, getting screwed like Deadly Towers. <laughs> and and the irony is is the box art is actually representative of the character you play in the game. It's it's pretty freaking accurate. With the story arc and the girl and the gun. And like it's cool. It's just it looks so much cooler in the game. <laughs> That's why there's something to be said for with just looking at the games that really were successful, what did they have on the front of them? It really has to do with marketing, like yeah. how it is. Because even on Nintendo Power, Vice Project Doom, I think, was binoculars. So I always thought it was like a detective game. Uh, yeah, so even the cover was weird. Even on Nintendo Power, the marketing was weird. So in between every freaking level, including the beginning, there's cinema-style Ninja Gaiden cutscenes all over the place. It's a whole story that unfolds as you play this game. It's amazing. That's the, that's the other thing, the whole cutscene part of it. And they're so well done. Uh, mm-hmm. this, the, the graphics are almost like Super NES style in a lot of the parts, and, and Genesis too. 
I mean, it's super engaging, and you have unlimited continues. So if you stick it out and just keep playing till you get better, you will beat this game. Wizards and Warriors style. Just keep keep going at it, and it's not like they send you back like super far. And when you die at a boss, they'll send you back just a little bit into the end of the level. Yeah. And then before we jump in, because we're going to go level by level, um, yeah. you have three weapons. You have a laser whip, um, Castlevania style, baby. Um, a forty-four Magnum revolver, Dirty oh, Harry. Yeah. There's even right. like certain cutscenes where you're like Dirty Harry. You're like, yeah, okay. very much. So. Oh my god, so good. Yes, I yes, love yes. that. Though. So and then cool. you have um, grenades. So you have stick grenades you can throw out that do a little arc. Yeah, the, cl- the classic Famicom arc, right? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to haunt you. And of course, every single time the fucking bosses would go the exact opposite way. So if I was gonna jump and throw it, the fucker would go low. And then if I would just run and throw it, he would go high. It's every time, automatically, it was the opposite of what my initial reaction would be. Which is really cool design because that's like non-intuitive, which is what a mm-hmm. boss should be. Because, you know, it should be kind of hard, at least. So that's for the side-scrolling stage. Mm-hmm. Then there's also the car stage and the shooting stage, which we'll go into when we start the whole thing. But yeah, so the main game, yeah, you, you have those three weapons to choose from. So you're like a badass, like from the beginning, though. That's what I noticed. I was like, that's so cool. And and some of the most awkward uh, ladder-climbing animation in all of Nintendo. <laughs> like, I totally was like, this is hilarious. It's almost like a a baseball game, like the guy like celebrating after a home run or something. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like climbing on the side of it in the middle of the fucking thing. It's, it's like sideways. It's like they just like, fuck it, we'll just lose it. Like, screw it, we don't want to redraw it to look like he's actually climbing it. <laughs> That's the one thing, but then again, it's hilarious. So then it's, like, classic, you know? It's the, the only shit that VGBS would notice is the fucking weird-ass climbing. <laughs> like, goddamn. The climbing animation rules. It's so awkward. Like, he's got to be in pain climbing up that ladder, dude. He, like, docks it down to an A. Like, <laughs> Already down to a C there, buddy. <laughs> You've been docked for a climbing animation. It's amazing. <laughs> So yeah, you're like the ultimate badass, pretty much, and I always felt overpowered the whole game, like with, with the laser sword. The only thing, the way you swing it, it's very short range and it goes downward, but it goes over your head and kind of around your back, too, so if a guy's sneaking up on you from behind you, then you can usually hit him. It's uh, Simon's Quest had that, too, with the whip when you get like the upgrades. I, I found a thing when I was looking up the climbing animation. <laughs> um, I found, like, the yes. top ten games nobody played, and it's number four. And they mentioned something that is worth noting, actually. This is on therobotsvoice.com from 2008. From 2008, they posted this. Okay, so this was released in 1991, so think about this. The Nintendo's been out for a long time. It doesn't do anything no- new. It's literally a mismatch of Ninja Gaiden, Spy Hunter, and like games like The Punisher. So it's just doing them well, doing them but well, it's not yes. doing anything new. So read my mind. Yeah. During a current, while it's released, it's gonna get docked points. Us looking at it with rose-colored glasses of NES nostalgia, we fucking love it. It's great. It's awesome. 
But looking at it from 1991 perspective now, I can see why people would dock it points. It's a classic like Nintendo Power deal where it has it has multiple facets to the game. You're shooting, you're driving, you're you're scrolling, platforming. So it's funny how you know they always seem to like gravitate toward those games because I figured like the user base, you know, you have like times three yeah. people who like all of those games or one of those games. Or two of the three of those games. So, so this is actually perfect proof, especially like when you're rating it from like a 1991 perspective, that if you're not the first one to do something, that includes like making a YouTube video or making a game. If you're not the first one, you're gonna get you're not you're gonna get docked points. You're, people aren't going to like it as much because you weren't the innovator of it. You weren't Ninja Gaiden. You were Vice Project Doom. I mean, you're still a pioneer, but you're basically sniffing Trigger's ass, walking right behind the the lead horse, sniffing Trigger's ass. Just another one who's done some awesome shit. You can you can do videos just as good as the Angry Video Game Nerd, but you're not the Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> that's that's Vice Project Doom in a nutshell. Booyah! So that's a huge insight. Yeah. It's interesting to think about too, because nobody looks at stuff with that kind of like magnifying glass. Like that's why we're here. Dichotomy of how influential the originators are in the genre, because this game is outstanding. Oh God! And it's just like it has everything that you would want from a Nintendo game, but we didn't fucking play it. <laughs> like. Like, why not? And that now that we play it for homework, we're like, why didn't we play this? Like, this would have been an awesome treat to have in my collection back in the day. Yeah, it's the same with, like, Kabuki Quantum Fire or Wampum, you know? Having infinite time in the world, like, I could literally see us playing the shit out of this game and no death in it back in the day. Like, just playing it and playing it. Yeah, I was thinking that yesterday, because I was getting all the patterns of bosses. I was like, I could totally no death this. Oh, and I died a fuck ton. If you played it like every day for a month, you could you get that shit down, you know. Well, in in nineteen ninety one Jeffy skills, I would have died even more. <laughs> like like now, you know, two thousand seventeen Jeffy. <laughs> it's way different now. So yeah, I guess we'd we'll start with stage one. And what's funny about stage one is I tried the experiment and I I didn't touch the controller for the whole stage, and you can actually get to the boss without touching the controller. Really? And you still have five or six pellets left, so he's real easy. He's he's just like a big car-type ship vehicle that shoots in a pretty predictable um, spread pattern. He's pretty easy to beat, you know, without even getting hit, maybe once or twice, if it's your first time or something. But yeah, that's what's funny. Don't even have to touch the controller. Yeah, that's the funniest thing about this, <laughs> this level. I've never had I've never played a game where I could say that. I think I literally remember you saying that and I still didn't remember to do it. It's like that easy cuz they they even mentioned in the cutscene something along the lines of like this is a piece of cake, you know. <laughs> but what's funny in the cutscene, they're like there's a maniac loose and then when you're playing the level there's like tons of shit. <laughs> a maniac <laughs> loose, everything's trying to fucking kill you. It's like massacre <laughs> world, there's barriers everywhere. <laughs> like god. Yeah. And there's, like, civilian cars, but if you take them out, they, like, give you points. It's hilarious. Hell yeah, I love that stuff. That's, like, destroy everything, get rewarded points. <laughs> yeah. So it, it doesn't, like, hurt you. So that's another thing that I just thought of, like, this game's cool. 
in that it doesn't like dock you for anything. There's there's no limitation. There's no fuel or health that depletes. Or... Yeah, it's no like lameness. You have time though, but you have so much time that it's really not a factor. Oh, especially in this level, it's funny that you have time because it's a forced scroll. So it's actually like I guess the boss. If you take too long on the boss, then okay, I, I guess I get. You have to take a long time on the boss, though. A long time. <laughs> so they make the first level really easy, but there's you can actually shift three gears. It's like he's got like a red. Oh yeah, yeah. Ferrari Testarossa or something cool, but yeah, um, total eighties style. You know, like Miami Vice. It, I just threw it in third gear because it doesn't really dock you, like, or it doesn't really. You don't start off that slow if you get hit or hit anything that you need to go back down to first and reshift. And I yeah, I mean it's super basic. I, yeah, they it's pretty much like spoon feeding you at this point and <laughs> spoon feeding. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so the gears is a cool thing with just with the car. It just makes it feel a little more intricate that you can change them with uh, A. So, yeah, then you get to the boss and you destroy him, and that's pretty much level one. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the game, folks. Turn it off. <laughs> All right, we're done. Turn it off. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some could say it's kind of like a shoot 'em up too, because there's little things that come at you little projectiles. So I, I always kind of see it, I guess, the boss is the maniac, and he's just, like, summoning a bunch of crazy shit to kill you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. I guess that's what they mean. I don't know. <laughs> well, it went so, like, fast, though, too, so. It really does. It's only a few minutes. I mean, it's... it's if you want to call it, like, a level one, because when you beat that level, then, like, the title screen comes up. Like, for real. Then the title screen comes up. Yeah, like, then it's, like, Vice Project Doom, which is great, because it's like, wow, this is, like, stylish. Well, it was, like, that kind of showed you that that genre, like, they're calling it a multi-genre game, but that was literally just the intro. That's all it was. And you didn't even need to hit the uh, controller at all. You don't even need to touch it and get through the whole level. Exactly. So it's really not even, like, a level if you think about it. You can just go take a piss. Go take a piss. And then come back and kill the boss. Go take a piss, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's piss easy. But yeah, like seriously, like it's it's literally just an intro to get the story going. It's really all it is. Right. Yeah, just a platform to to shoot it all off, man. <laughs> Lay it all on the line. <laughs> Okay, so then, yeah, we get the second stage. To the city. So the graphics are beautiful. To the city! (laughs) (laughs) There's no parallax scrolling in this level, per se. We'll get to that later. So you basically get treated this great cityscape, and there's this water. Yeah. But there's a reflection of the skyscrapers in the water, and it's actually moving. This this is like a great game to study if, if you're looking to program. Well, they do almost everything right. Like the yeah, the, the way that the background pixel art interacts with the perfect colors of the sprites in the front, the enemy sprites, the character sprites, the character pond, the reflection, like everything is like perfectly done. It's expertly done. That's what I was thinking. Like if you could just replicate what they do in this game. You could pretty much have a masterpiece on your hands. These are all, like, the main things that you need. Just the, the reflections, and they're actually moving. So, 
I don't know if there's a way to like like with Doom levels how you can open up the map and look into it. I don't know if there's a way to open up a game and look into. I'm sure there is, like with the hex ed- editor. Yeah. So you could look into it and see like how they did that. I mean, they're basically like giving you the fucking like universe. Well, the thing is, is you can do that. It breaks it up into crazy like pixels type thing where it's like quadrants and they're not together. They're all split up. But the thing is, and this is exactly how I think of when, after getting very ingrained with the homebrew scene and doing the books and pretty much playing every single NES game that's ever came out, <laughs> um, not everybody is Picasso. Not everybody's Da Vinci. Like, like literally, whoever did the art in this game is an outstanding artist. Um, and that's the thing, like top notch. Yeah, and. It has to do a lot with that, and also just being able to push the Nintendo to its limits. Which is now you're really seeing it. Yeah. This is one that you can, a perfect demonstration of that fact. And it's not a kid's game. (laughs) Because the theme is the girl kind of aspect that's very, like, adult, uh, mature. Uh, And it's not easy. Well, I mean, the actual story is that there's this gel from aliens... An alien species has developed a gel, which was their food, but it's an addictive substance for humans and is sold as an illegal drug. That is the story. So it's like, it's it's about drugs and people being addicted to it. And then you're going against aliens at the same time, and then there's, you know, the mechanical aspect. Like, it does everything perfectly. The climax at the end is freaking nuts, too. Everything works to the storyline, which mm-hmm. is very mature, too. I mean, it's just planned out. Everything was so planned out. It seems like this game was planned out like three years in advance. It's a multi-layered story. They literally wrote a narrative. Like, I could turn this into a novel, and it would be a great read. <laughs> yeah, because you got your action flick, you got your sci-fi flick, it all melds it together, and your detective elements as well. Yeah, so you got this side climbing, which is hilarious. So you, you guys will notice that when you go down your first ladder at the end of the first uh, screen. And you'll never be able to unsee that. <laughs> yeah, what's seen cannot be unseen. <laughs> never unsee that, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> then you start to see some of the bad guys. You got the floating pumpkin guys, which remind me kind of like the Gaiden pumpkin guys. Yeah. You got these like punk spike guys. Who, like, crawl on the ground, they're, like, snorting coke off the floor or something, like. (laughs) I mean, I mean, literally, they are probably having terrible side effects from the illegal drug. That's what it, oh my god, that's it right there. That's literally what they're doing. Yeah, that's awesome! I didn't put that together until we're talking about it now, though. Dude, yeah, when, when I mentioned the coke, yeah, you're like, oh, boom. Yeah. That's crazy! And you're literally a detective, like, killing them all because they're all freaking illegal fucks. Yeah, they're, they're like gang members, and they're given free drugs as payment, probably. Probably. By the aliens. So they're getting turned all fucking whacked, man. <laughs> wow. The thing I really like, too, is that almost all your enemies, besides for your bosses, are killed in the hit, too. Yeah, very Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Which is great. Like you said, with, you know, hopefully there'll be more fast-paced side-scroller homebrews, this is like your fast-paced side-scroller. Mm-hmm, exactly. Very guiding 
Yeah, the 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 homebrew that I think is going to be the closest, depending on how they program it, will be Mega Cat Studios Epicade, because it literally looks like a Castlevania style where you have a whip. And I'm like, if you think about it, now that we played this, looking at the screenshot that'll be in the NES Oddities book that they provided to me, you're in an arcade setting, but it looks almost like Vice Project Doom, even with the with the same electric whip thing and everything. Damn, that's amazing. So maybe they took some inspiration from Vice Project Doom. That'd be awesome. That's fucking wicked sounding. Yeah, I hope it's freaking fast-paced. That's exactly what we want, baby. It's always exciting to hear like a new project on the horizon that we might love. It's great. So with the boss of the second stage? Yeah. Really basic. It's funny, he like throws girders. <laughs> Yeah, I I noticed that it's like... Full girders. It was really easy to predict, though, and then just jump right on it. He throws some that are higher, just duck those. He'll throw some that are lower. He'll generally throw, like, one high, and then he'll throw, like, probably two lower. And you can jump on them as they fly by. They don't hurt you as long as you don't get hit by the front of the girder. Yeah. That's the damage spot. And it's like there's low and there's medium, like... And then there's high. Yeah, so the high, don't try to jump over that. Just duck that. Or just, I think you need to stand there. Don't do anything. Basically, just, like, kind of troll them. Stay really close to them when you can. I, I use the sword, the laser sword, for, like, every boss. Almost. Sword. <laughs> sword. So you like it. You like calling it a sword. I like calling it a whip. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it actually is called the laser whip. Oh, nice. Yeah, now there was cargo that was moving at the top of the screen, which is cool, too. So they're, like, importing more drugs at the top. Goddamn right there. And you can see it moving. <laughs> so you, you have that scrolling effect, which is just a little treat. I listed every single graphical effect that I thought was cool in these notes, so we're going to, like, go down every single one. So, yeah, if you want to learn how to scroll on the top of the screen to the left and then how to have the rest of the screen not scroll and have a little boss fight or something, there you go. That's what you want to fucking research right there. And that's the thing that I guarantee you all the other reviewers back in the day didn't note was the complexity of the techniques that they used to program in this game. Yes. It's like night and day. It's like like literally they're doing every single piece that made the NES great all in one game. That's what it is. It's like conglomeration of perfection. Yeah, and and they literally just went at it in a genre manner. Oh, you weren't the first, you weren't Ninja Gaiden. Well, it's doing stuff differently. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the story is completely contemporary in in a different aspect. It's cool. Like I don't know. Yes, you do know. It's the ultimate fucking sleeper hit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, why the fuck they didn't like it? I do. <laughs> what it is, it's when, when you become an adult and you start, like, getting back into it and shit and all that. This is the game that you realize, like, is one of the best. This is, like, what we wanted back in the day, and it was there at our fingertips. And it's not childish. There's nothing about it that leads you to believe it's infantile in any way. It's a mature fucking game, too. And that could be why we kind of avoided it when we were kids, because it is an adult game. When you're like a mini-me, it's different. You you want more cutesy stuff, and the more serious themes don't necessarily appeal to you. And Yeah, exactly. If we would have been five years older, we probably would have been geared toward it, too. You don't know. 
because I remember playing it uh, when I was younger. That was this was one that I just ended up picking up, but it just got shelved. Like I played it, I saw that it was great, but it never occurred to me that like how fucking amazing it really was until years and years later. Because I never sold my games. So, since that was my first Nintendo Power, when I saw that in Funko Land, I was like, oh, cool. I'm, I might as well get the game, you know? Wow. I was looking for any game anyway. Like, my mentality for the NES, I've always wanted to collect all the games. The moment I walked into Toys R Us, the first fucking day I wanted to collect all the games. You were fortunate enough to where your parents supported your... Your parents actually supported you with your crazy hobby back in the day, whereas... My parents were like, ah, you don't need those toys, that shit. You need to go find something that'll that'll be worthwhile, like go cut the grass. <laughs> like, do something that I want you to do so I don't have to yeah. get up off my chair. Yeah, exactly. Like the, There was no support in like, me and anything back in the day. I was the opposite. I'd do it in spite of them. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we mentioned the first season a long time ago, but hundred hours ago but was the fact that like that was the idea of that generation some of them there's like the hard ass idea where kids only play games like when you're an adult you don't read comic books you don't play games you you don't do anything that's fun you you like as far as interactive what you're supposed to do when you're an adult you're supposed to sit on your lazy boy turn on the football game crack a beer open maybe barbecue some shit on the outside uh, smoke stogies, invite people over, show them, like, you know, your fucking car and shit. Like, it's just, there's, some people think, like, this is what adults do, and this is what kids do. It's like, well, you can't have both. Like, why can't you have both? <laughs> and now, our generation, we do both, because... Yeah. It's it's the it's the interesting thing that we've grown up with media, whereas they were introduced to media, like home media. Like we grew up with it in our freaking lives, so it's it's part of our part of our life. Whereas they grew up with sports, and that's all they had. <laughs> so that's what they like to do. They just like to sit around and watch sports, relive their heyday. Now we're relieving our heyday, but we get to interact with it. I think the game's just going to go up in value then, you know, at least for the next 10 years. Because like what Cardillo was saying too, you have about 20 years after you have that huge influx and then about 10 years after that you have that sell-off where people are like, well, you know, it was cool, but eh, I'm I'm getting into my 50s now. I, I think I'll sell it. Like So then you have that where it goes down again. But I think for the at least the next... 10 years it'll it's gonna go up it'll be interesting and it'll be interesting to see how many people are as obsessed as we are too because there's a lot and i just wonder if that number will stay the same or will they move on to the next thing or will they lose interest totally because i could see us just going this staying in this route for the long haul once you hit your 50s and People just start dying off, too. I mean, it'll just go downhill, like, from there, I think. That's when we're getting old. Yeah. I always saw myself as, like, the 80-year-old who's going to be no death in Vice Project Doom, man. That's me. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> I always thought, that wouldn't that be the coolest <laughs> grandpa, like, ever, dude? Like, if we were kids. Exactly. Like, when you were a kid, and you had, you could go to your grandpa's house, and he could no death Vice Project Doom. 
<laughs> He'd be a badass. Our parents were like, what is Mario? Um, okay. When we grew up, we put playing cards in the bicycle spokes. Woo! Come on, Ma, play with me. I can't do... I don't even know what to do. Dying at the first, first Goomba, you know, like... Two buttons. <laughs> yeah, even the first night that I got my NES on Christmas, I recall my grandma like, I don't know how these kids do this. This is just amazing. <laughs> it's just so, like, beyond them. Yeah. Now you think nowadays with the with all the buttons that there are... <laughs> Brutal. Good luck. <laughs> You'll need it. That's right. So yeah, the, the boss is pretty easy, man. Second stage boss is easy. Now we go to level three. <laughs> the Orient. Yes. Orient Temple Thames. <laughs> I just like all the different like atmospheres too. They they hit all the classic atmospheres that we would want to see. And again, just going like the the box I really didn't show any of this. Yeah, and this is where it really becomes apparent. The graphics, just the backgrounds are, like, super solid and detailed. Hell yeah. That's just it. It's like they did every little bit that they needed to perfectly, expertly. You know what I mean? Like, intricately. Yeah. Like, real small, little, minute things in the back. Let's see. So, some funny stuff that happened. There was a cheetah. So, the cheetah is this very, like, guiding, you know? Oh, yeah. I like yeah, I actually had a cheetah. He got glitched and got stuck in a crate. It was hilarious. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. As far as graphics go, there's flames that you have to jump over. Yep. It's kind of, you know, kind of like a Buddhist-type temple, so flames always add to the atmosphere of the stone. But there's, at the end of the level, not in the beginning, closer to the boss, the last corridor little deal where you drop down and you... You hit the boss. There's flames that, like, create shadows on the back of the wall, and it's a cool graphical effect. That's another thing that I think a lot of people would take for granted. So there's actually a shadowing effect on the back of the wall because of the flames. So, I mean, just the intricate detail blew my fucking mind. Absolutely. Like, it's just just ridiculous. And this is probably one of the most intricate backgrounds in any of the any of the levels like there's a couple ones later that are really cool too like mechanical but this one like is different too it's crazy the stone i love that the look of it really takes me to you know the orient (laughs) yeah for sure and like it just sets the scene sets the stage perfectly and yeah it's just now staying the little um would you call them the cats the tigers whatever they are yeah little cheetah guys yeah, they um. There's tons of little like animals throughout as you play. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a Ninja Gaiden style, but like you got tons of little guys that try to hinder your your progress. Yeah, kind of like pain in the ass. Try to you know go either fast and low, or jump in a weird arc, or do something that you don't expect to. It's exactly. kind of like nonconformist, like you were saying with the bosses. It's like not in, not intuitive. And and this boss is is a classic. He's a little bastard. But going back to graphics, the freaking background on this boss fight was awesome. With like the little like upside down flames, dude. That's like Genesis. That's like in Splatterhouse too. It's so cool. Yeah, that's very Genesisy. And before you even get to the boss, there's like health drop. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized most of the health drops, if not all, are the same enemy. We'll drop the big piece of, like, roast beef or meat. 
So generally before the boss, you can clear your health. So they, they take care of you. It's it's very fair. Again, like the, the game is, is fair. It doesn't try to fuck with you too much. <laughs> and then I found a great fucking... Yeah, that boss kicked my ass a few times, and then I found an amazing strategy. Really? Yeah. You basically duck three times to dodge his fireballs. He'll do them three times in a row. Um, then you jump on the pillar... There's well, there's two pillars, there's two one pillars, on the left yeah. and one on the right, which makes it complex. Yeah. Now you jump on one one of the pillars because he's gonna run. At that time, he's gonna dash, and he's gonna duck down and dash. So you kind of gotta play it by ear too. You know, it's not always gonna be the fucking same way because he's he's doing some crazy shit. So you know, you gotta kind of read it. But after, so duck three times, dodges fireballs. Waste them with the whip, with with the laser whip, mm-hmm. and then from from there, jump on the pillars, get ready for his dash, and then kind of play him by ear. Sometimes he'll jump up after the dash. You may have to duck on the pillar as he jumps over you, but um, af- after that, fucking just keep nailing him like that. Three fireballs in a row every time. Just duck it, and then jump on the pillars. And you'll fucking waste them, dude. You'll waste the shit out of them. It's great. Yeah, see, like, I did more of a stockpiled up my grenades a little bit. Cool. And <laughs> you would go from the... Because there's two pillars, so when he runs to the other side, you just that's the perfect arc to lob a grenade on his ass. Is If you're at the far pillar standing on it, if you stand near the edge, you lob a grenade, you'll hit him. It works. So you can kind of camp. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that way you don't have to get in close quarters either. But your way is more efficient. <laughs> See, that's what's cool. What we like, we always love multiple ways to take out a boss. That's that's a that's a pro all the way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I came across a, a picture of the Famicom cover. It's amazing. Gun deck. John McClane. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Fucking Bruce Willis right in the front, dude. I'm shooting a gun. Looks- Looking it up. Oh, yeah, for sure. There it is. Yeah, it looks badass, man. Yeah, it's awesome. So, stage three, great. Mm-hmm. Stage four, another platforming fun. The tech girder level. Yeah, yeah. Big metal spires. Iron working world. Overdrive reality had like ESPN, sometimes like the WWE, like pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's like the first part, and then there's a second part. Which finally you get to play that other genre. 
Yes. The Operation Wolf Punisher level. Now, basically, my my strategies are... Shoot everything on the fucking screen. No. <laughs> yeah, and don't let anything, like, sit. So when, when a guy comes out, kill him first before the next guy comes out. Yeah. Because just the way that it works, you have a few seconds when he comes out to attack him. Until they jump at you. You have to kind of prioritize... The way that you do it, the grenades are really helpful. I was blowing people away, like, left and right. The grenades are fun. You can just destroy everybody. As long as, you know, like Jeff said, he was saving his grenades up. For boss fights. I would recommend get the power-ups when you see them. Just shoot them. You know, classic Operation Wolf style. Mm -hmm. And you definitely don't want to let those go, though. Especially if you're, like, a more of a wasteful type of shooting person i'm careful but when i was a kid i probably just sort of been spraying everywhere shooting it shooting it like on freaking rapid fire yeah like rambo or something but nowadays i'm real like you know sniper style i mean that's really about it uh and then there's like closer guys who will stab you with like the ninja style like kung fu type dudes you want to kill those guys asap because they're just going to go for your throat so other than that some dudes throw some grenades, try to shoot those out of the air if you can. Obviously take them out uh, as fast as you can. To me, the level's super short, too. It's, yeah, I mean, super short. So, those are my strategies for that. There's no boss for four stage. And again, though, this is like a perfect breakup in the gameplay to allow you to do a little something different. It's actually nice to have those little cushions here and there to kind of flip it up on you. Yeah, I mean, it, and and the thing is, again, just like with the driving, just like with the platforming, the controls are spot on. Every time. Yeah. The reticle moves perfectly with your controller, feels great, doesn't feel like, oh, I wish I had the light gun or anything. Like, No, it, it works perfect. Perfect, yeah. Every single iteration of version, variety, part of this game is, like, pro. It's a total masterpiece. <laughs> like, for real. In every way. Like, find something to complain about this game, and really, you're going to be nitpicking. That That's literally it. And it, it wonders what you, what fucking Konami was thinking with Bayou Billy, you know? Doesn't, <laughs> don't you just wonder? Like, what would It's they so weird, thinking? though. It's such. I want to know the story behind that game. Like, what really... Why is it so, like, awfully hard? I think it had to do with who programmed it. Yeah, it's like they they thought it was easy if they played it like so much or yeah makes you wonder. But then again, we're about to get into um, stage five, and I'm about oh to God. be angry. <laughs> oh jeez, tough. I put tough, and I circled. Uh, oh yes, the Amazon, which is very much like the first Gaiden as well, because about halfway through the game, you got to go to South America, South Central America. Yeah, but it's totally like Gaiden. And you have your fucking jungle. So here we are. <laughs> so yeah, man, the birds, the birds, the birds. The birds. So, um, fortunately, I came across a scans of the Nintendo Power, uh, the Nintendo Power issue, and they actually have names for the bosses. <laughs> cool. Are they Japanese or do they change them? No, it's, uh, so the boss of stage two, his name is Ratman, the guy who throws the girders. <laughs> Kim Ron. Kim Ron is your little little bow staff guy. Kim Ron. So um in 
Stage five, you get the birds, right? And the fucking fishes. Yes, and my thing, kill everything when you fucking see it. Don't let it accumulate, because that's the where you get destroyed. So, that's your technique. Did you just run through? My technique was to run through, <laughs> yeah. but when you swing the whip, and this is where this is the stage I had to fucking learn it because I died the most in stage five two. Five two is where I died a fuck ton. Yeah, it's brutality, dude. Now, because there's single single with fucking platforms, and you got goddamn fish and birds flying at you at the same time that'll hit you back, and they're cocksuckers. And they get into the swamps, so you gotta whip the fucking vegetation away and stuff while that shit's attacking you. So my key was is learning what I call the back attack as you're as you're going forward. Yes, like Simon's quest. So when you when you swing forward with the whip, he actually hits behind him at the same time. So if you run past the bird and it's coming at you from your back, if you sw- swing your whip, you'll literally kill the bird that's coming from your back and the fish in front of you at the same time as you're running through. Beautiful. That's fucking pro. It takes a while. Because, but I died so many times that I was like, well, fuck it. I just got to get through. Yeah, like when you get the Morning Star and Simon's Quest and then the Flame Whip eventually. Yeah, you can do the same thing because it, it arcs behind you a little bit more than the shorter whip. <laughs> so it's the same idea. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, man. Great strategy. Total pro. And just and just remember, according to Nintendo Power, Kim Ron was a creep. All right, no. <laughs> Kim Ron. He says he was a creep. <laughs> he did, That's hilarious. He didn't supply the gel, all right? He didn't supply the gel. He's a creep. Now, the birds come back, so yeah, that's yeah, the thing. The they have a boomerang thing. Bunkers. And they also don't always glitch off the screen. But they have a weird property to them that it's kind of like unpredictable in some ways. Yeah. So, so they're the Nintendo Powers techniques. Airborne attack. Razorfish and birds swarm heavily here. Unless you're light on your feet, you're going to get knocked into the water. Watch the razors and get ready to jump. So that's it. So so jump. That's it. So jump in the platforming game. Thanks, Nintendo Power. That's we'll fucking it. remember to jump in the that's platforming game. It. Fucking idiot. Holy fuck. That's amazing. Fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, that like really. Okay. Um, let's go to lunch. <laughs> All right, it's time to go to lunch, guys. <laughs> um, that's what I Come see on, Dave. That. Let's a, go to lunch. That's Dave exactly Brooks. how I see that. All right, all right. I'm coming. Here I come. <laughs> it, yeah, again. <laughs> Nintendo Power's laziness. And just, just so everyone knows, with Gaiden, what I do with the birds, at least the first game, when they swoop at me, I turn the way that they're swooping, uh, the direction that they're swooping, and then I jump over them and I slash. Yeah. And they actually rise they rise up right when I slash and that's how I take them out. So that totally reminds me of your your strategy. It's just it's super um it looks awesome when you play it. Like you wouldn't think to do it. I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of that word right now. Counterintuitive actually cuz it's like not intuitive. It's like it's un- unorthodox. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's an unorthodox style, like drunken kung fu. It's it's a way that you wouldn't think would work, but it fucking works beautifully. Drunken Jeffy Nesfu. <laughs> Nesfu. <laughs> Nesfu, that's awesome. Yeah, and then as far as uh, graphics go, the waterfalls look nice. I mean, we had waterfalls in the original Goonies, but they look nice. They look nice. The river moves. You got some vegetation, some green jungle vegetation that moves. I was expecting, the way this game fucking started, too, I was expecting that goddamn 
river spot where you're going up the waterfall. I was expecting that to be longer. It was surprisingly short. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because that level was already pretty hard. And then you get to that part and you're thinking, like, damn. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> that was my thing. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh my god, and then there's like ceiling climbers, I call them uh, ceiling sniffers. Ceiling sniffers? More yeah. more drug-induced, like, <laughs> maniacs, but if you go underneath them, they'll like drop on you, like ninjas, basically, so you gotta watch for them. The enemies prowl the screen now, they don't fucking go away, that's the thing. No, and, they're, and there's a lot more of them that keep popping up. <laughs> it's jungle rama though man and when you have to chop through like the uh plants it kind of is like life force where you have to go through the um barrier and it like starts regenerating behind you yeah for sure and then there's like there's like a big it, i don't know if it was in stage five but there's like a big ass spot where it's like literally you have to trudge through it real quick yeah, you gotta go because it's it starts to regenerate behind you just like in life force the first level and it's fucking pretty fast, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's super cool, though. That happens twice in the game, I think. And it, it happens in a later level, too. Yeah. It does. Later on, it's red, and it's like guts. They do a clever palette swap to make it like guts in an organism. Yeah. We'll get there. So, I found a picture of the climbing animation. I had to post it in the, uh, yes. the chat room for everyone. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, stage six, actually, climbing animation. <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> God. <laughs> Which actually, that picture doesn't show it, but there's a fucking fish or a bird or something that's right there that comes after you while you're doing this part. This exact spot right here in stage six. Yeah, they start to throw little things. This is when it, this is probably the hardest level in the game, one of them. Uh, 5 2 is the hardest level for me. This is the hardest I had too, man. That's hilarious. I die the most right there. Well, because you got to think about it too, is like at level five. You almost had a, a little bit of a cakewalk hand-holding session up to this. Like, it was still kind of easy. They took the kid gloves off. I asked, I was waiting for it. As Jeff would say, the kid's gloves came off, man. That's right. And your skills weren't up to par as they would be as you keep playing. You're Reno style. You're leveling up. Yeah, I was going to say that too, exactly. Yeah, and you're getting used to the patterns of the game. And they've introduced new guys now, so you're like a virgin to all the new shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, virgin times. And and they're doing the freaking and the birds. The the arena birds, like fucking Game Center CX birds, like they're just assholes and there's tons of them. Total guide and rip off though, because they like swoop back. Oh yeah. But it's not in the same arc, so you can't like use the same strategy, which is awesome. Yeah, they purposely did it like the backward that you normally would be used to. And the boss is, like, super freaking easy. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, this is the little uh, tank thing, right? Yeah, he's basically this big machine with big rig. He moves to the left and to the right. He'll shoot horizontally, but you can duck them. So just duck, basically. Yep. And he'll lob these missiles that are kind of going to spread formation, which are pretty easy to dodge. And then the top left spot, there's a little, like, eye dot orb looking thing <laughs> like basically it's like a little glowing orb thing you just gotta it's like it says kill me yeah so just keep keep jumping up i just keep swiping that personally i just kept jumping and swiping between when he would shoot the horizontal shots it's it's really basic so the bosses once you know the patterns all the bosses in this game are easy once you know the pattern every one of them 
This is definitely pattern memorization. And it makes the no death run like not too tough. The the key is is that there's eleven levels all with different boss patterns, which is actually a programming another programming fucking awesome aspect. Yeah. And then we get into like the more techie stage with number six. More like Girder, ESPN, WWF pay per view, Metal Spire stuff. Ah, so we're in we're in stage six. Let's let's see what Nintendo Power gave us. All right, here we go. Now it's getting funny. Double jump. As soon as you jump over the gap between pipes, jump again. That's it. <laughs> go to lunch. We're off to lunch again. There's a bombs away. The best way to take on the. S- this stretch, which is like near the beginning, there's a bunch of um, different uh, boxes. The best way to take on this stretch of the secret lab is to use a grenade on everything in sight. You'll blaze a nice trail to the end. Like, that's it. Like, just use some grenades. Waste your grenades right here. And they do like this thing called Vice File where they tell a little bit of the story each time. Like, I found Reese, but it was too late. He had fallen victim to an alien scheme. This was the work of Beta Corporation. They were experimenting with the human reaction to, to a new kind of gel. I discovered a secret Beta lab at the heart of the jungle and decided to investigate. And then he jumps in day six. <laughs> and you got you got to wonder with Reese, it's like Kyle Reese from Terminator or something. Just another 80s like classic character. Without a doubt, man. Makes you wonder, man. <laughs> it's an amalgamation of a bunch of stuff. This stage, this stage is, like, pretty short, actually. It's almost like a reward for getting through freaking stage five. Like, it's all right, here's stage six. It's pretty easy. The enemies aren't as bad because they don't have that, like, lurking, prowling thing where you can't get rid of them. And then there's really not that whole death pit aspect. Like, you have those, like, the ladders that move up and down, but they're really easy to navigate because the controls are great. Yeah, the controls are fucking, like, A+. plus. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. So so that spot could be hard with bad controls, but it's easy because that's the only spot where there's really death pits. So Graphically-wise, aside from the awesome background, fans, you have, like, moving fans that circulate, look really impressive. Oh, yeah. You've got to avoid them eventually. At first you see them above you, and then eventually you got to jump over them. Um, steam from pipes looks really good. Like, the clouds that come up look really nice. Yeah, I mean, this this thing is like uh, Programming 101. <laughs> programming 101. Like, you want to make like a spinning, something that spins like a gear or fan, boom, there you go. You want to make smoke? You want to make an A-plus game, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other cool thing, they're like vertical scrolling ladders. They're like vertical conveyors. Yeah, conveyors. There we go. That was the word I was looking for earlier. Yeah. That's what I wrote, too, like in parentheses. Like, that's pretty much... What they were, I think what they were trying to do, they were like repurposing it, which is pretty cool. It's not a bad idea. That's the other thing too, is that like every stage introduces like a new little gimmick and new enemies. Like every stage has new enemies. That's actually very, very noteworthy. Yeah, and there's some enemies that come back too later, so that's got that guiding aspect where there's new guys, there's old guys. You never know what you're going to see, but you're going to see something new. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. You never know. <laughs> the boss, what do they call the boss? I call him Jetpack Robot Man. What <laughs> I think his name is Vardkin because the vice file for stage seven says, after I blasted the Vardkin. 
if I were riding for Nintendo Power, when he lands, duck by him and slash. Yeah. Take out only the stray homing missiles that come at you, and you got them. Dude, I wrote so many notes, my fingers were rubbing up against each other, and I had to, like, put tape around one of them because it was starting to, like, blister. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle hitting muscle failure on note riding. (laughs) Between note riding and NES playing, like, both of them combined. Shit gets hardcore, man. (laughs) So, yeah, now we hit the seventh stage. Reese dies. Yeah. Reese fucking dies. And then they show, like, a a flash drive-sized kind of, like, Terminator-style chip and it says sammy on it it's awesome yes it does it does say sammy i saw that i was like ah little product placement yes that's great <laughs> see let's let's go to the vice file after i blasted the verdkin i learned that the aliens were experimenting on humans on my own turf the dangerous game was called project doom <laughs> i ran into another welcoming committee on the train back home Decided to get some fresh air and fight these thugs on the roof. <laughs> so you got your train stage. Classic. Oh, and here we go. Oh, oh my God. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> All day. Parallax scrolling massacre. Dude, this, this actually is very reminiscent of Haunted Halloween 86 when you wouldn't have the parallax scrolling. It's like, if they didn't play Vice Project Doom, like they need to play it right now and see it. Like how close they were to the dude. It's like great. Right, theirs is just as good, but it's like this is mastery. Now I was counting the parallax scrolling layers. Oh <laughs> yes, yes, Kyle Styles bleeding, bleeding fingers right now, bleeding fingers, Kyle. <laughs> yes, bleeding everywhere, dude. No, because like because I got the tape. <laughs> got the tape, Sabu style. Sabu just like taping yourself up. <laughs> Fuck it. Four cloud layers. Wow. Four parallax cloud layers. Three grass field layers. And this is like in the background and kind of the foreground. So you see four cloud layers, three field layers, and then there's actually one mountain layer in the back, the mountain range, and that's moving too. So that's eight individual parallax scrolling layers at one time, all moving at different speed, and you have the train that's moving, and you have lightning effects like Gaiden 2. Stage gets dark every once in a while. I mean, fucking phenomenal. This is this is the one. This is the stage that blows my fucking mind. I wonder <laughs> if they manipulated it so out of those eight layers, maybe two or three of them like paralleled each other, but they were just in different spots, so it looked like it's all moving independently. Like it's like a genius way of programming. I'm pretty sure that's what they did. Either that or they had to use this freaking special chip. Like, <laughs> And they actually reused that later on, which I'll go into later. Yeah. So they reused the clouds later. So they, they did it once, and then now that they did it once, they like can copy and paste it. <laughs> this, this is the stage where if I started programming, I would just study the fuck out of this. So, so you get one hint from Nintendo Power on 7-1. Yes, here we go. Airborne creeps make things difficult on the train. Watch it. <laughs> That's it. Watch it. That's it. Oh, thanks, dude. That's it. Just just watch it. There's enemies in the game. Thanks, man. Oh, and then you have <laughs> the elements are at work here. Fight when it's light. Stop in your tracks when the light is temporarily gone. <laughs> I mean, really, if you got past stage five, you're good. You're good. 
You are fucking good. Like, this stage is not that hard compared to that, man. There's nothing crazy here. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, stage five it could almost be, like, the last stage, and it wouldn't surprise me. I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. And and really, unless you're, like, moving really slow and meticulous, like, all of these mini-stages, like seven one, seven two, six one, whatever, are pretty fast. They're pretty short. Like, stage six was... Like three times six one is like three times the size of seven one, but there's a seven one to seven two and you know and, and then the boss fight. So like it, it all they're all about the same length that it all works out at the end for the stages, but they're pretty short little spots in there. But there's a lot of levels. Yeah, then in seven two it's sewer time. Time to show with the toitles. Jump down with the rat. Red is the cleanest one. <laughs> <laughs> and they pretty much reuse the water. They they just palette swap it as green, so you have your falls and your rivers. Genius. But it's like sludge green, yeah. So, they, uh, again, they're they're reusing stuff, which they do throughout the whole game. Yeah. Just palette swap it to make it look like a different thing. Genius, yeah. <laughs> Simple, but genius. Classic Nintendo Power freaking... <laughs> the little, like, techniques. Wash out. Stay away from the edge of of levels where the water's dripping. And I have to explain that because they're literally showing an arrow. But it says, stay away from the edge or the current will take you down off the level. <laughs> like, so, no shit. <laughs> and by this time, it's nothing new because it's the same shit you've already been going through. Exactly. And the other one is, don't take any giant leaps in the sewer. You never know where you'll land. Keep running and only jump when it's necessary. The thing is, there's no blind jumps in this part. Like, literally, you, there's no... This isn't like a classic Sega Genesis game where you're jumping and then it scrolls down where you don't know where the fuck you're going to land below. Like, you see what's in front of you. Basically, I ran through every single stage except 5-1. That was the one that I just... I didn't... I pretty much... I ran through half of it and I just made sure the guys didn't accumulate. But what I would recommend, run through... With the uh, laser sword, sorry, laser whip, and if there's a guy that you can't kill, that's when you flip to your range weapon and use him. But I pretty much just ran through every fucking level, dude, and just just slash the motherfuckers out and just use your instincts. Use your instincts. What I would say. So video game bullshit alibi. Um, I'm looking at the Nintendo Power scans page by page. I went over to the next page, and it's a two-page spread. So they literally move it over and show more for stage six and, and seven. So it is called Vardkin, and they have a name for the stage seven boss. Yeah, and I call him Jetpack Robot Man's brother. <laughs> called Rogue. They actually have a name of it, too. It says, the Rogue is more advanced machine than the Vardkin from stage six. Stay on the lower level and run from one side to the next, duck when rogue attacks with arching, arcing shots, then hit with grenades or bullets. Run from one side to the next. That's horrible. That's okay. Here's my description. That's not a good technique to fight him. This is what they meant, and they totally biffed that. Stand at the bottom left of the screen. Keep running to the left as he attacks. When he swoops right, jump on the platform and attack. When he swoops left, dodge and go back to the bottom left and start running again and repeat. I, dude, we could have killed it. 
<laughs> could have been a star. You could have been, been a star. <laughs> could have been a contender. Could have been a big deal. Wow. From one side to the next. Oh, thanks. Like, that's so fucking cryptic. Yeah. Like, what side? The right side or the left the side? The purple side. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's just that, I mean, I think that's where they got the joke from Link to the Past, right? Go over there. <laughs> Go over there. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Zelda. So, stage hey. eight, Electric Avenue. Here well, we come. Boom, two. <laughs> yeah, then smoke weed and you'll get higher. Higher, higher, higher. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> crazy. Project Doom was a big operation. Yes. The aliens constructed their own power plant just to generate enough electricity for their nasty experiments. Decided that if I was going to get to the bottom of this, that the power plant was a good place to start. As I expected, there were a lot of shocking revelations. <laughs> amazing. God. <laughs> Fucking writing is amazing. That's going on reverb right there. That's it. You're goddamn right it is. This is yes. where we're introduced to the little freaking um, orange box guys. Little fuckers that like just kind of move around. The little circle bots. Yeah, and the tall spider neck guys. <laughs> All spider neck guys. Yeah, yeah, they remind me of the guys in Turtles 3, I think it was. like, <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> fucking enemies. The screen also goes dark here, like on the train level, so they reuse that. They reuse that, too, perfectly. Yep. Uh, the, the electric currents look great, I gotta say. They, like, circulate the, the actual um, sprite that they're on, so they're going around the platform, essentially. So that's another thing, if you want to, like, study how you can make something look like it's actually circulating. Like, jeez! Yeah. Just really, really impressive. So I can I can completely see why, as kids, man, we just didn't care that this was Nintendo Power, because this is terrible spreads. Yeah, they did a horrible job, though. Well, like, they literally laid out the entire levels, so you don't get to see, like, the cool intricacies. The fucking cover, number one, the cover is climbing normal. He's not climbing on the side, so I already don't want to. <laughs> like, he's climbing like he's like he's, like he's normal. And Come on, fuck now. up the climbing. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just fucking avoid the sparks. Yeah, the timing's so easy on those sparks. You know, use your uh, intuitive abilities. You got the guys that I call the little soccer ball fucks that throw like the little. <laughs> Little balls yeah. that throw the balls at you. The boss. Throw <laughs> the balls at throw you. the boss. Then you got the upside down plant man as the boss. Mm-hmm. He is called Proton. Proton. <laughs> Let's hear what Nintendo Power tells us. Yes. Stay clear of Proton. Thanks, Nintendo Power. <laughs> That's all it says. No. Uh, no. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Don't ever attack him. Stay clear. Um, That's amazing. One touch will hit you with an electric shock of unbelievable power. You should also be aware of Proton's biological blast. <laughs> Stand safely <laughs> on the very edge of the left or rightmost platform and hit the Proton with grenades. Then, when the Proton sends out a shower of mutant mass, seek shelter on the ground level. Move left and right to avoid the fallout and jump back to the upper area when the coast is clear. 
So basically, they want you to go from the top layer to the bottom layer when he's depending on the attack that he's utilizing. That's kind of how I did it. Yeah, I mean, they that was actually decent. It was weird how that one's so much more just detailed than the last one. It's like he had two different people writing this fucking thing. That, <laughs> that's what it was, dude. That was like three more sentences. Like, <laughs> so. Basically, yeah, when I put stand on the outer platforms to dodge the shots, then just go in for the kill, though. Like, when it's time, you'll know and just fucking whip the shit out of him, dude. He won't last. Now, this is probably the next stage is, like, the coolest themed, you know? Oh, uh, stage nine. The biolabs. Yeah, so stage nine has, like, an amalgamation of all the, the craziness. You get the cool sewer aspect, but different colors. All right, story time, baby. Yes, here we go. I was now deep within a secret biotech lab of the Beta Corporation. I knew that I was going to come in contact with some industrial strength mutants in these corridors, and I was ready. <laughs> That's right. The aliens spared no expense in making the lab a dangerous place to conduct covert activity. <laughs> I took it one step at a time. <laughs> It says there are techniques. Scale the stairs. Mutants wait on every platform of the stair-like ascent. Switch to grenades and toss them as soon as the creatures are within reach. It's best to catch them by surprise. <laughs> God. God. Wow. And you got these, like, badass enemies that, like, look huge, and then they die with a fucking single whip. Yeah, just done. Yeah, the guys are like huge sprites, which just makes them easier to kill. <laughs> Honestly. They're called Vashnas. Vashnas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, for this, the side-scrolling, I can't say much more than just... I mean, what else can you say? Like, it, you just run through the fucking levels, use your intuition. By stage nine, you you got the technique down. Yeah, like, it's, it's really the bosses is where you're going to have the issue. Uh, the levels are not that hard, except for the fifth level. It's more just a fun game to, like, romp through. Um, but, yeah, so you have, at the very beginning, you have the incubation chambers. And they these, at the very beginning, are, like, the little embryo babies. So this is yeah. when the twist starts to, like, develop. Like, what's, what's going to happen with the end boss and who you're going to fight? Yeah. Faith of... <laughs> Good old blades of steel. Blades of steel. Blades of steel. That was good right there. <laughs> it's like muffled perfectly. <laughs> now you get the adult, later on you get the adult zombies, which are awesome because then the story that Jeff's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> read through in a little bit and we'll figure out what's going to happen with these zombies and so they're growing these life forms i think we're going to set up everybody for some severe disappointment thanks to nintendo power's laziness <laughs> yes destroying them yeah yeah they're cheaping out on us cheaping out on us nintendo power so now in this level it's like we got water we got electricity we got dropping liquid we got fucking conveyors yeah. We got it all. And what really impressed me, there's computer screens in the back that have, like, continuous rolling text. Yeah. That's impressive, man. I was like, dude, that's fucking cool. I love movement where you don't even need to have it. It's just, like, appreciated, you know? 
Yeah. So, other than that, you have basically those jungle plants from stage five. They are now palette swapped from green to red. Now they're basically like innards. You're in this lab, and it's kind of like everything's living organism style, like Kabuki Quantum Fighter. And just like the end of uh, Contra, Contra 2. All... Oh, fuck yeah. Giger. <laughs> Giger fun. We got the steam and the flames return, but they... They palette swapped the flames and the steam green. Yeah, yeah. To make them, to make them like organic, uh, toxic waste or something. So now it's boss time. Boss time. <laughs> uh, it seems like Nintendo Power made up his, uh, <laughs> made up his fucking name though. Jew, Gu, Jew Matonin with two ends. Combat suit. Jew Matonin combat suit. I call it Glacius's father. A.K.A. Christy. <laughs> Christy. Because it turns into your girlfriend when you... <laughs> I just love, like, we didn't even mention it. Like, the best part is, like, he's so disappointed because the other girl keeps showing up and it's, like, not Christy. He's like, oh, it's you. Yeah. Like, he's like, like, fuck. He's like, what are you doing here, bitch? <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm expecting him to, like, slap her. <laughs> it's like, gee, thanks. I never got such a warm reception in my life. Like, <laughs> it's pretty incredible, man. Something like that. Oh, Not word for he's word, such a chauvinistic asshole. I love it. And then he's like, oh, no, sorry. It's just that I'm just concerned about her. Yeah, you say that to all the girls. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of, like, disappears. Kind of, like, don't really see her as much. She, like, shows up. Like, she's, like, stalking you the whole time. She, like, shows up. Hello. <laughs> like, oh, it's you. That's so adult. That's the thing. Like, we're dying here. <laughs> let's see Let's see what the Jew Manton uh, strategy is. Okay, here we go. Yes. Stay directly <laughs> below the living suit as it fires its multi-directional dagger crystals. Um, yeah. Uh, after the suit shoots, it will jump to one side of the room and launch carbon-seeking plasma. Jump to the other side, climb to its level, hit the suit with the grenade, move to the floor, and jump over the plasma. Work your way to the opposite side and repeat. Like, they do that shit complex. Oh. That's too intricate. Like That one's like too intricate, though. Yeah. Number one, the alien eggs in the back are cool. See, like, alien movie style. Now, <laughs> I just put move and attack. Fucking dodge them. Yeah. Staying on the ground works. Just destroy the the jumping projectiles. So he'll shoot the first wave. He shoots some projectiles. Just dodge those. Those will disappear. The second wave, he'll shoot stuff that'll actually glob up on the ground and start to jump around on its own. Just destroy those. Nice. You're good, man. Just stay on the ground and just dodge him. He's easy. So one thing I noticed was that the bottom of it was like the alien style from like Contra, like the end of Contra. But it was reused sprites from when you were whipping um, and destroying the stuff, the organic stuff that would come back. It was like used at the bottom, though. You didn't whip through it, but it's at the bottom, like reused. Like they, they, they used it perfectly. See, that's the thing too. You gotta be thrifty, you know. It's like Sub Zero, Reptile, and Scorpion. Like they're all the same sprite, so they save they save memory within the um, arcade ROM. That's why they did that. Like, they didn't have memory to have that many fighters, so you just got to do a palette swap. Yep. And then it's the same memory. It just flips the color. So, 10th stage. So, 
This is when Nintendo Power gyps out, because guess what? They stopped their coverage. They did, uh, finally, though, we do have a story to send us out, though, thank God. Alright, here we go. So, uh, the Jumanson combat suit was coming after me. There was nothing that I could do to avoid it. Little did I know, though, that Christy was inside the suit. When the suit was destroyed, Christy went down with it. What a devastating blow. And now, there was a replica of myself staring at me through a glass cylinder. Oh, shit. This was weird! Oh, my God! I had to fight on and find out what was going on. And then it says, like, with giant text, First Reese, now Christy. I had nothing to lose. And then it shows, like, him behind the wheel, like, in a first person type of fucking thing. That's it. That's it. That's all you get, Nintendo Power readers. That's all you get. You play yourself now, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So, stage 10 is when we get freaking... We get our awesome ass fucking uh, driving stage again. Level 10. Awesome. Amazing level. Breaks up. No longer a platformer again for a little bit. Spy Hunter's back. Lots of flying shit this time around. So yeah, the boss here, it's like a centipede looking segmented boss. Really easy, but really cool looking. These stages are just really simplistic, but it's kind of like a reward in a way. Yeah, for getting this far, you just get a little break. Yeah, that's how I see it. And collect a fuck ton of power-ups. That's the other thing. It's that, I think that's what it really is. And in the beginning of the game, too, it's like to get you set. Get you stocked up a little. Get you stocked up on power-ups. And then um, yeah, and then you go to that, and after you beat that boss, which you literally just keep shooting at it, um, <laughs> it circles around you, avoid the bullets, and avoid getting hit. Then you go to another Punisher level. And again, more, more fucking, you got palette swaps, the, the actual, I like this palette colors, the colors of this level better than the first one. And another, another one where you just stock up on freaking shots and grenades. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. This one has four parts, stage 11, the final stage, there's four parts to it. Yeah, because eventually you'll, you'll get to the mansion, the luxuriant mansion. Hell yeah. Which reminds me of like Castlevania. <laughs> like, very much. Suits of armor, drapes, picture frames, apps of fucking Lily. That plus the little suits of armor, like DuckTale style, like in the Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like hilarious. Totally, dude. And um, go through that. That's an awesome. Oh, there's another new enemy, too. Like, goddamn. Stage 11. There's like these leaping guys. Assholes. And then there's the ceiling sniffers. The ceiling so- sniffers. <laughs> so you've got both of those coming at you once now they both have unique patterns too that's the thing that blows my mind throughout this game is that you consistently have different patterns you have to get used to as you keep playing which keeps it fresh and they have the juggling clowns i put juggling clowns are funny (laughs) (laughs) juggling clowns so i was thinking to like mario rpg the little like clown guys and the balls yeah yeah, exactly exactly what i was thinking too Except they're throwing the balls, but whatever, like, same deal. Yeah, pretty much it's the same deal. It's not harder than than the, the fifth level. Yeah. Just run through it, dodge the shit. It's it's more about the bosses. Yeah, the, your, your first your first boss is Mirror Man. You fight, your, you fight yourself. Like, <laughs> this one part here is like, you are scum in a business suit. Hell yeah. So 80s, like, amazing. Even though this was in the 90s, but it's just so, like, classic action film. And then um, you have your awesome twist because now it's face-off time. Mm-hmm. Basically, the uh, boss, you learn, like, 
is you and through those um, incubation chambers, they're growing you <laughs> more clones. It's kind of like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII comes up like every fucking episode. It's so weird. God. I mean, it pulls from a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like how Cloud and uh, Sephiroth are like made of from like the same mold kind of thing. It's kind of like that. Like they're cloning you basically, but it's interesting because the boss is completely brainwashed. Where you you're like a do gooder. Like you're you're like righteous. So you have a piece of you that's that's righteous. Where he's. The boss is, like, totally gone at this point. He's been totally brainwashed, where you still have a part of you that's fighting back. Yeah, for sure. So the boss, it's kind of like, just give in, you know. You're one of us. Come on, like, don't be so brash. And then he eventually gets tired of you, you know, being good, and then the fight begins. Then we go into the strategies for that. Badass. Yeah, it's a mirror match. Basically, duck and slash, baby. Duck yeah. and slash. That's all you have to do. Duck and slash. He's fucking easy. It's funny because he's the same color doppelganger as like Castlevania Three doppelganger. When you fight him, it's like silver. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, phase two. Phase two is probably the hardest boss fight in the game. Um, a lot of people. When I posted, it's, I just posted the, the the ending screen when I beat it on social media a couple a few days a, a few days before we recorded this, and a lot of people said they never made it past the final boss. Really? A lot of people. Yeah, he's a bastard. I got good fucking strategy, man. That's good. This is gonna help a lot of people because it, it was. I mean, I died a lot in this fucker too. So first off, Parallax is back. Parallax's backs! <laughs> four layers in the clouds, baby. Four layers in the clouds. Get, you, get your four layers in the clouds. It looks like you're on a ca- you're on the top of the castle, basically. Cityscape in the back. Yeah, like in the from the first level, so it's kind of like full circle. Yeah. Yeah, and dodges jumps. He's a jump like crazy motherfucker. He's jumping around and around. Now, basically, the projectiles that he's going to throw, he's going to throw three of them. The first two, you don't even have to jump. Don't jump. Do don't do anything. Stay on the ground. Now the third projectile he throws in the sequence in the cycle is on the ground. So you have to basically jump over the third projectile and then wait for the other two to shoot over. So don't jump when he's shooting the other two, and then he'll shoot the one on the bottom. Jump over that, and then use grenades. Mm-hmm. That's what I did too. Yeah, when he's jumping around and you're dodging those projectiles, once you know how the projectiles go, man, and you can dodge him, it's it's not bad. And you toss a grenade, hit him in the head. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of does, like, extensive damage to him. While he's moving, you're still kind of damaging him. That's what I would recommend. And then just slash him when you can, if you can. But the grenades, just use grenades. If anything, you don't even need to use anything else. That's the only boss that I actually even use grenades. Everything else I slashed. Interesting. Well, yeah, because I figured out the pattern, so you could just like sit next to him. For a while, I died. I died a few times because so I was literally trying to to hit him when I was in between his legs. Okay. Because <laughs> you can go under his <laughs> legs because he's so big. Well, it's a good try. I mean. I was trying to do that. I was like, man, you gotta be able to hit him. You gotta be able to hit him. I was trying to hit him with a backslash, actually. 
I think that's why the levels are kind of a shorter end, because you're going to get wasted at the boss a lot until you learn the pattern. It's, it's a really interesting in that the patterns are brutal, but once you know how to do it, the boss is, like, super easy. But this guy, once you got it down, man, he shoots those three, and you got to jump over the third one. Don't jump while he's shooting the first two, man. You'll, you'll be fine. So that's my recommendation. Solid. And then after you beat that fucker, it's game over, man. <laughs> the hard thing with him, though, is it takes time because he's, like, tough. Yeah. So it's kind of like the Gaiden boss, Jack Wheel. Your immediate response is to just, like, spam him. You know, you just want to kill him, but you, you got to take your time. Yeah, you got you to wait for an opening. Dodge his shots and just take your time, so. Exactly. Trust me, people. Trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. <laughs> what was your strategy when, when you when you eventually took him down? I mean, it was literally just twitch avoid all the projectiles, which, again, like you were saying, the first two go over you. Second one, third one, you jump, and when you jump over the third one, lob a grenade to hit his ass. It was, it was tough, though. Like, the dude's jumping is just counterintuitive. Like, he... He jumps at a random time, so it's pretty tough to get used to it. But once you get used to it, you understand the arc of the grenade by this point. So, I mean, I literally used the grenade, too. I was trying to figure out how to do it without, and that's why I kept dying. Like, I was trying to go between his legs, I was trying to use the whip. Like, nah, you gotta grenade him. Because it keeps hitting him, like, when he's in the air. Yes. So you can get, like, multiple treats, take multiple bars off him. <laughs> multiple treats. <laughs> The crazy thing was is that um the like when you get through it it evens out the story or whatever but um at the end when it says the end it lasts like literally like 2 seconds and it goes right to the the title screen again like you don't get a, even the satisfaction of seeing the end for more than a second or two and they they do open it up for a sequel yeah they show the little incubation zombie that you saw in the stage yep what was it the 10th uh, stage the biolabs so then they, they show him up close, and he has the same face as you and the same face as the last boss. So it opens it up for a sequel. There, there kind of is a pseudo-sequel. Nobody has ever talked about it, and I'm making very, very loose connections. It's not even programmed by the same people, I don't think. Not even close. But it's a game I covered in my Super Nintendo Compendium. It um is the same exact style. I never even would have made the coordination had we not played it. Um, it's called Maijau, but it's King of the Demons on the Super Famicom. We need to play this fucking game. It's awesome. Side-scrolling action game, just like Castlevania. You get transformations into demons, though. But the boss fights are, like, very similar in style to Vice Project Doom. You have parallax scrolling in certain levels. There's no racing or shooting, though. It's all side-scrolling. Okay. But the boss fights are, like, epic. There's a lot of the Giger-style freaking gooey animations. You get your gun aspects where your character's kind of like little John McClane freaking style. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But then there's transformations into demons, too. Ooh. See, that sounds wicked right there. Oh, the game's badass. Like, this is a game that to get on a translated copy on a cartridge or something is, is amazing. And I, it's pretty easy to play... So it's not a difficult game, but it's freaking badass and fun. And I'm the one making the cor correlation. Nobody else has made this. Like, 
because there's there's been coverage of the game on Hardcore Gaming 101 and RVG Steve, who both have written in some of my books. They don't make that correlation like I do because I'm fucking nuts. Um, but the game's cool as shit. It was released in '95, so it was released you know a few years after, four years later, and I think that would be a good follow up to the game. Well, there we go. That's something for all of us to fucking check out then, isn't it? Yeah, I think that should be a future homework for sure. So, speaking of homework, what grade would you give Vice Project Doom? And what is your final closing thoughts on what you thought of the whole experience of the game as you grade it? Well... Well, I've been drinking again. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was gonna say I was I was gonna take a little bit off for the uh, climbing, <laughs> the animation, animation. <laughs> but that was really just a joke. No, it's an A plus game. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a joke. Yeah, no, there's no. It's perfect. It, it's it, you feel overpowered, yet it's mm-hmm. still challenging. That's a huge like. Where do you get that? A lot of times, because they start you off with all the weapons at your disposal. You don't have to get the weapons. You get more of the weapons, ammo. Tons of ammo. Yeah, and that's the other thing. So you feel empowered. The way the game over system works, it is very fair. And there is even, uh, it's not a password system, but there is a level select code. So uh, you could, in theory, now both Jeff and I beat it and, you know. I beat it in one sitting, so. One straight run, like, just so we could get the whole fucking experience. But, in theory, you could come home, beat a few levels, and come home the next day and level select to where you were. So, it's fucking great that way, too. Uh, it offers a great way to continue your game later. Uh, cool-ass fucking character, badass. The graphics, like I was commenting through the whole game, this is like the game that you want to study if you are making, you know, homebrews and this type of thing. This is one that you want to hold close. Uh, I just, I really can't say enough about it. So, what do you think? So... My thoughts are about the same. I'll play the devil's advocate role. Where people would dock it on points, um, I would say, first of all, that they would probably say that, you know, the difficulty where you get knocked back, but that's the, only the people that didn't get through that mid-game plateau of 5-2. 5-2, man. I mean, you get through that, and then the game... Adds more enemies, but doesn't have the cheap, crazy platforming. It doesn't get harder platforming-wise than 5-2. And everything that you mentioned is perfect, where the power-ups are plentiful. You get infinite continues. You can sludge, you can get through it. And if they made it any easier, people would complain that it's too easy. Yeah. It's a really good balance. Like, perfectly on the balance. So, combine that with... Two other complete game modes that are kind of little bonuses. This game's like an A-plus ace game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. What can we dock on this shit? Like, for real. Yeah, you can't, like, dock it. Unless you're just nitpick. Alright, so. One more episode left, season three. Hell yeah. What's it gonna be? I don't know. We might have already recorded it. Ooh. All right, until then. 
thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, choose a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Plus. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!